I was thinking about this too, right? Like, what is the purpose of creating content, of creating a podcast? And that's generally not just to Trojan horse your company out there in the form of a podcast, right? Because people, I think, see through that. You know, they don't want a marketing play at them. What they want is something that's useful, that's meaningful, and that's sincere. Hey there, welcome to Brands That Podcast. Each week, we talk with the people running podcast strategies at successful brands so you can learn how to grow your company through podcasting. Today's guest is Julie Douglas, Senior Manager of MailChimp Studios. MailChimp is a company that really doesn't need an introduction. They sold for a reported $12 billion to Intuit, and they're known for clever advertising, including one of my favorite campaigns about outgrowing your name when they went from being an email provider only to a full marketing platform. I knew I wanted to talk to them as soon as I saw MailChimp Presents, which is their version of sort of an on-demand library of audio and video content and original series. An article in Variety magazine that I read says, can MailChimp, yes, the provider of email marketing and other services, produce a series as entertaining and engaging as anything on TV or Netflix? MailChimp this week is officially launching MailChimp Presents, which it describes as a business entertainment platform centered on themes of entrepreneurship and aimed at owners of small businesses. It's another case of marketing as entertainment, and it's going to have a lineup of series, films, and podcasts. So yeah, who wouldn't want to be interested in how they built something as amazing as that? In this episode, you'll hear how they got started and the philosophy and belief in brand that drove creating MailChimp Presents, how they think of the success of their content and measure that, how they develop a concept and what kind of concepts make it to MailChimp Presents with their podcasting, their goals with their podcasts, and a ton more. Okay, Julie, thank you so much for joining us on Brands That Podcast. Like I said, off mic, I'm incredibly excited for this interview. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your time today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. As I said, I love to talk shop about this, and this is the perfect place to do it, the perfect audience. So thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Honored to have you. I think a good way to get started would be, I would love to, if you can give like a brief overview of what your role is and kind of the things that you're responsible for at MailChimp Presents. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the senior manager of MailChimp Studios on the podcast arm. So really what I do is um, kind of work from soup to nuts on everything. So that could be you know, looking at new partners to work with and developing new concepts with them. That's also taking pitches. That's working with production teams to develop the concept, to go into production. And kind of depending on the podcast, I'll be touching the content at various points. So at some points, I'm in the scripts with the other producers helping to develop. Other points, I'm a little bit more hands-off you know, just working with the creators for the overall scope of something. And then, of course, working with our marketing team and working cross-functionally across MailChimp to look at the various threads of commonality and what we're producing and uh, what MailChimp is doing across the brand as well. Will you lead the efforts on, like, whenever there's a new podcast developed, are you sort of like, can can those ideas or concepts be coming from different places, but they sort of all have to pass through you or like you make sure they all kind of like reach the goals or have a common endpoint? Or are you originating all those things? Like, how does that work? Uh, a little of both. Sometimes I'll say, hey, what, what about 
What about working around this concept and developing this concept out? Um, and other times we're working as a group really hard on like, what's, you know, what's important to us? What do we think our audience wants to hear? And then developing from that point of view. And then, of course, like I said, sometimes we get pitches in that we're like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what we're looking for when we're talking about building out this ecosystem and creating a platform for small business owners and entrepreneurs to really engage in different types of content. Awesome. Okay. So before diving in specifically, I've got a lot of questions, obviously, about the podcast, but the philosophy is something I feel that MailChimp has always had really clever marketing. And doing some of the research for this, I was able to go find like the old link to your ad on cereal. Like I could, I listened through to that. I love that <laughs> yeah. ad on cereal. That was super yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. You should Google that if you're listening to this podcast, uh, go Google like MailChimp's ad on cereal. That was super clever. And the campaign that MailChimp ran when, you know, about outgrowing your name, you know, as, as the platform expanded, Yeah. you also have a strong belief in building brand. I read an article in Variety about this project where Mark, the head of brand said, we see this content being a great vehicle for attracting people to MailChimp who have never heard of us and maybe don't need us yet. So for people who are not current customers, it's like attracting them to the MailChimp brand, even if there's no need, sort of building that relationship and awareness and then an affinity. And that for current customers, that the goal is to get them more connected to MailChimp than they previously were, ideally inspiring them to launch more email campaigns. What would you articulate is like the driving belief or goal behind such a massive investment in audio in achieving that? Like, how do you see that interplaying there? Really, it is a way to bring people into our ecosystem without directly marketing to them, right? So there's that. So when you go to MailChimp Presents and you see podcasts and videos and films that are all geared toward the journey of our customers, our small business owners, our entrepreneurs, and you see that all of these pieces of content are talking to the whole person then I think you begin to understand that what we're trying to do is to make something that really addresses our customers, our potential customers in a very holistic way. So we're while we do have, you know, a lot of content that speaks to like what it is like to stand up a business and to continue your business, we also have content that really is outside of that, that talks about sort of like the more of the emotional part of being a small business owner. So that's where you might see something like The Jump, which is hosted by Shirley Manson, um, who is the front woman uh, for Garbage and just a brilliant interviewer, um, talking to other musicians about this sort of inflection point as artists and that leaping off point. And while you might not directly think like, oh, this has something to do with small business or entrepreneurs, the fact is, is that a lot of those examples really personify these sort of journeys and the challenges and the ups and downs and the day-to-day realities of trying to build something. You see that in a lot of these stories that are told. And by the way, too, um, I've heard this from a lot of people who have businesses and happen to be musicians. Paul Jarvis, who is a host and creator of Call Paul, one of our podcasts, which is our small business podcast, has said that everything he ever learned from marketing was through being a musician and being in a band and getting his music out there. So yeah, so um, I think that this is something that I bring up just because, 
you know, there are different paths to sort of getting into entrepreneurship or becoming a small business owner. And a lot of our customers are not going through the front door. And so we're trying to show people different ways of being successful or addressing these moments that are really challenging and learning through story. And so when I back up and I look at MailChimp Presents and I look at all the amazing content on there, I tend to think about like, wow, this is this really is a storytelling platform and it perfectly aligns with MailChimp and its brand and what we're trying to teach our customers in a way about telling their own stories. So you'll you'll hear me get in the weeds about this because one of the things that MailChimp really emphasizes is compassion and and being sort of customer obsessed, which sounds a little stalkery, but um, you know, really <laughs> thinking about our customers at a very granular level and the sorts of things that they might want and need for themselves. And I just want to mention this because this is not a, a MailChimp presents thing per se, but Michael Mitchell, who is our senior director of brand experience, he recently launched something called Bloom Season, which is this really comprehensive guide to small business ownership and entrepreneurship for people of color. And it is exhaustive and it is everything you could ever really think about when you think about like, what does it take to stand up a business, both from just like a nuts and bolts, but also like uh, an emotional part of that and like making sure that people have all the tools that they need. I'm going to side rail my original question because this is fascinating to me. Like, this is something I think you're right, like stands out to me is that a lot of brands I've talked to, they sort of have their target audience or their target ICP and they are speaking to their needs in their role, which, you know, makes sense to me. Like from a B2B perspective, it's like, okay, you're a demand gen marketer. So we're going to like help you, you know, thrive in your role. Yours is like incredibly holistic. Like it's very, um, it touches, like you say, like on the, there's like emotional encouragement and support and inspiration as much as there is like practical tactics for like growing a business. And this is something that is pretty unique to MailChimp. To create this holistic content, what did you as a brand do or, or like what did the team members do to understand the audience that well? Like how do you know sort of like, like it's one thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's one thing for a company to say, okay, we're talking to PR folks. Well, we know what they do in their role. So let's just help them grow it, you know, in, in their PR careers and talk about PR. But you're taking on this like, you know, end to end journey from like idea and inception to like completion and things like that. And, and, and everything in between is this like, are you getting on the phone with them? Are you surveying them? Like, how are you able to know the audience so well? Yeah. When do you define like, okay, we need, we, we haven't done an adequate cover uh, job of covering this aspect of their timeline. Let's break out a new show for that. Well, I can say for something like Bloom Season, which I can only sort of speak to more elliptically, uh, I know there's a ton of research on that project and they, they talked to a lot of people and they had some amazing reporters uh, and videographers really create that content. For MailChimp Presents, I think that we've been able to really lean on a lot of the research that we have done internally with our other groups uh, or other departments cross-functionally. So I think a lot about Dan Kurtzius, who's a co-founder of MailChimp, and him talking about a lot of the customer visits that they do and that they weren't just talking to the customer about the product and how they used it and observing them using it. They were also really looking at the body language 
and what they weren't saying, what they really wanted to say. And so I, I bring that up because again, that's sort of like a, a point of customer obsession where I think that he realized very early on that there is an emotional component to it. And while there is the, the, the UX of it, we, we want to also keep our eye on how our customers are feeling. Because when you look at small business owners and entrepreneurs, what they're trying to do is really, really hard. And there's a lot riding on it. So our relationship with them should reflect some aspect of that that says like, we, we see you and we acknowledge that. And I think that we have always positioned ourselves in that place and have just been able, MailChimp Presents has been able to grow from that, knowing and and these customer panels and having access to some of that information and, and what our customers are willing to talk to us about internally. So that has been an amazing resource from our research department as well. So I think that it kind of has, has uh, positioned us really well for actually trying to meet this moment where uh, I think universally everyone is feeling a bit burnout, right? Like we know what hustle culture is and we know the reasons why we call it hustle, right? Um, because people are working sometimes two and three jobs and trying to start this other thing on the side. And our co-founders certainly know that pretty intimately and brand MailChimp like that as their side business for years and years and years. Um, so for us to, to sort of be at this moment where we know there's a lot of burnout and we know that people need something beyond the nuts and bolts, which we provide them, but also the sort of like, hey, here are points of inspiration. Here are other examples where people are struggling and, and they have their own journey. And by the way, like the world is crazy. Like, let's just acknowledge that, like... <laughs> what uh, do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, you know, uh, whatever normal is, isn't... isn't. Uh, I don't know what that is anymore. I don't think anybody does. So however we can talk to each other honestly and sincerely and be able to kind of give each other some sort of energy that, that feels like it's beneficial for all of us, then great. Yeah, I think it's connecting. That's a, It's a great insight that... I hope any like B2B listeners, especially like as they're starting up their shows that they would be mindful. Like, I think it's a great takeaway for them to be mindful to include more of those holistic like views of their, of their target audience, even if it is limited to like a role and it's a little bit more narrow, like you're probably talking to a wider audience than, than something like a B2B SaaS company or something. But but I do think it's like everyone still feels those consistent pains in their job and there's like emotional baggage with it. And there's all kinds of like, like people are still people holistically. So I think it's that I remember I was listening to an interview. I think Gary V did it with like, uh, the woman who runs content at, at Amazon, like original content at Amazon. And she was saying, I think she, if I'm remembering correctly, I think she articulated, like, they kind of always have a goal of like, they always ask the question of their content, what is this going to make people feel? Because it's not just about using data to know like what they're interested in or what they want, but it's also like, okay, but intuitively, like what are we trying to sort of like make them feel from this or how do we want to connect with them on an emotional level? So that's something I think a lot of like companies that are spinning out podcasts are missing. Like they're, they're very good at what you called like the nuts and bolts, but they're not so good at that other part. I was thinking about this too, right? Like, what is the purpose of creating content, of creating a podcast? And that's generally not just to Trojan horse your company out there in the form of a podcast, right? Because people, I think, see through that. 
you know, they don't want a marketing play at them. What they want is something that's useful, that's meaningful, and that's sincere. And so I do think when companies are thinking about why should I create this podcast, they need to kind of tie it back to like, what is, what's the human part of this? And I think that's something that MailChimp does really well. So when I think about MailChimp Presents, I think about Lane Shakespeare, who um, is, you know, heads up our corporate citizenship and who we work with and who originally got into the podcast space he was sponsoring along with Mark. And, and I think about Sarita Alame and they're all coming from this from a very human perspective. So I, I hope that when people do hear the content that they make, that they realize that this is these are people having conversations about what it is to be compassionate towards someone's journey in life and how can we meet them there. Mm, I love that. So moving to your podcast, you've got six that I counted in addition to the video content. I'm curious from like a high level, can you talk a little bit about how you develop a specific concept? Like we talked about this, like it could come from different angles, but how does a concept come together and how do you, how do you refine it or craft it in a way that you kind of have a, a more sure bet that your audience is going to love it? Like this is something we've tried to talk to companies with and it feels challenging, I think, for a lot of companies that are like, well, the only option, the one you see played a lot is like the insert my target audience here podcast. And then it's just this very like generic open-ended. Yours take years utilize like specific hooks or specific concepts or like, we're going to do this topic, but like, look at it from this angle. How does something like that come together? And how much data is going into that? How much research is going into that? Like, how does a concept come about at MailChimp? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that when you talk about coming at a different angle, it is reflecting back what a lot of customers we're hearing from. They're, they have a lot of workarounds. So we're thinking about that as like, how do you approach a topic in a novel way that kind of addresses like the spirit of what it is to be an entrepreneur or just take a, a big leap? And so we, we kind of have that front and center when we're thinking about content. But some of it too is just it's just like it, it comes a lot from like researching what's out there, what we've heard customers say is interesting to them. And I'm, I'm thinking about Hands on a Hard Body, which is a documentary um, that Quentin Tarantino actually like called out as like one of his favorite documentaries, and which you can find on MailChimp Presents. And my colleague, uh, Christina Humphrey, who was just like adamant about like, we've got to have this documentary because it is essentially it's, it's a film about a marketing ploy. You know, the like customers keeping their hands on the on the car in a competition for the car, and it's fascinating, and it's like a, just another view into I think I guess you would say the psychology of marketing that maybe someone wouldn't necessarily think of like oh when I think about the psychology of marketing I'm thinking about need and uh, you know creating desire and so on and so forth but here is another example of how it gets played out in a story so that's sort of like one example um, another example I'm thinking about is on a day's work uh, which is created by it's nice that and directed by Siki song and it's animated and it's Fast. It's great. It is so funny. And it's like these reflections of what it is to be a small business owner. And it is nonverbal, right? You see the characters just playing out their typical day, but it says more than you could ever say with words about what that experience is. And then when you have something 
come to you in the form of Partners, which is our podcast made by Rishikesh Hirway, who's also uh, the creator of Song Exploder, who, who he comes to you and says, like, I have this idea where two people, partners, like this is, it's all about like their story of how they made something together or how they came together. And it makes for really fascinating content because, you know, some of this is the way that Rishi approaches audio, which is like very uh, kind of film from a film perspective. I know that sounds weird because this is a different medium, but it's the way that he tells the stories and edits them so that you have these moments between two people talking like pretty vulnerably about their relationships. So I'm thinking about the co-founders of Instagram, uh, Mike Krieger and Kevin Seistrom. And, you know, you wouldn't, I don't think in any other place would you hear them talking about how when they sold Instagram, they they were unsure about their relationship anymore as partners and friends because they didn't have this thing gelling them together. So again, I think it's insights that in, in various different forms that make sense for that medium that can give you sort of that a sideways slant into the topic as opposed to like a talk between two co-founders, you know? <laughs> right. So there's, yeah. so it's always like, it, it's never sort of, no one's floating sort of this, like just generic, like let's have a co-founder podcast or let's have a whatever there. It's always like this, like, let's take that and then look at it from a different way. Let's like spin it on its head. And then like, you, you'll like, you've got to find an approach from a different angle to, in your, you sounds like you have like a goal to do something unique with it. Like you're not just going to do an, an interview with two co-founders. Like you're going to try and like approach questions a certain way or like the formatting in a certain way. Exactly. And we want to find the right partners to do that with. So Rishi is, is um, just, I think a master in this medium and has such a specific point of view when he's world building that he is getting to like I think the most sincerest parts of conversations that happen between two people and so again starting out at the at the beginning no matter what project it is with the aim of sincerity I think really helps us you know guides us to like who is the right partner to do this with you know what's the right approach so on that note, is there any tips you would give to listeners who are, their company wants to get into audio? How you, you have like multiple hosts now, what makes a good host? What makes for a compelling connection, like host a concept and what should they be looking for? Well, I think that one of the things we, we really think about is like their, them as a stakeholder. So they're not just a hired host, right? Like it, this the podcast really has to reflect their own world building. And so uh, going through it is a really good example. This season, which is now out, is hosted by Jenny Yang, and she's a comedian. And and she is also, you know, a huge advocate. And so what we wanted to do is say, like, we, we still want the framework of going through it, these moments where guests have to kind of stop and say, like, do I go forward? Do I stop what I'm doing? Like, what am I doing here? Right? Some of the thorniest, hardest moments that we have as humans, we still want that framework, but how does it matter to Jenny most? And so she brought a bunch of concepts to us and we said, you know, what are you most excited about? And she said, I really love 
doing this season through the lens of elders, people who have been there through those going through at moments. So it could be someone who is a friend who's older or a parent or, you know, someone in someone's life where they made the difference just at the right moment. And it was amazing. We were like, yeah, this is great. And so you have Margaret Cho talking about um, Joan Rivers as her elder, someone who like helped her through a very specific time in her life. And again, I feel like you're getting insights there that are, are in a very novel way. And you're also getting them through the lens of Jenny. And and we want her to be just as invested in this as as we are. So some of that is just also us, you know, backing off and, and letting the creators create in the way that they want to. Um, and of course, uh, Pineapple Street Media is amazing uh, partners for us as well. They make uh, going through it with us. Yeah, they've done. Um, I, I checked them out. They've done a lot of like really incredible shows. It, it's is, are they the only partner you work with, or like do you kind of like find an agency depending on like the concept you want to execute? Yeah, it kind of depends. Um, we do go. Uh, we do the jump with Shirley Manson with Little Everywhere. They're amazing too. They're out of LA, and then we have done some limited run series as well uh, with various partners. Um, but uh, you know. We're, I think, three seasons in with going through it, three seasons in with The Jump. Okay. Um, and, you know, those are a couple of podcasts that we have that are sort of like, are, uh, you know, those those properties that are staying in there for the long haul. Because I guess one of the things, and I don't want to get us off topic here, but one of the things that I think people should probably think about in this space is really being in it for the long haul and having mm. a podcast that can kind of stand in there for a while and gain listeners. And I say that just because I feel like sometimes people still have the idea of like, I just start the podcast and then I get a bunch of listeners and they don't realize <laughs> that like, it takes a long time to build an audience. And when you think about starting a podcast, think about what that looks like 10 years from now, which I don't think anybody wants to. I think they would think, well, what about a year from now? Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because it's something I've heard a number of guests say. It's something we try and encourage people with. And But I like that you said 10 years even and not one year. Because even like some people are like, yeah, give it, like, make sure you're committed for a year. And you're like, no, nope, like 10 years. And I think it's important for listeners, like you're hearing MailChimp, like the MailChimp say like, it's hard to gain listeners. So it's like, there's no shortcut to this. And I think that's what people, I think especially when you have a medium like podcasting where I mean, from just from like the looks of LinkedIn, like 2022 is going to be a big year for a lot of companies starting it. But I think the concern is a lot of them are just sort of jumping on the bandwagon and like they're hoping to sort of spin one out really quickly without being invested in saying like in five years, where do we want to be with this show? That's a completely different mindset. Right. What do you want to build? How do you want to use it? Um, you know, we currently don't run ads, but we see this as an opportunity for us to experiment a little bit. And we just started doing that with a podcast called Call Paul that we uh, create. There's more of an in-house podcast that we create with Paul Jarvis and uh, producer Ruth Eddy and, and Sasha Brown as well, who's on our team. And when I say experimenting, what I mean is that we have this great small business entrepreneurial podcast focus here. And we wanted to, it, we don't have ads, but we said like, how do we support 
our customers? Like, is there a way to in the ad space to do this? And so what we landed on is that we would start creating small business spotlights. And these oh, are, cool. yeah, they're like 10 minute pieces, a day in the life of a small business owner or entrepreneur. And we run, run them alongside the call Paul episodes so they kind they live in the RSS feed, but alongside those episodes. And uh, so, you know, you have the founder of Baron Fig, who is playing the trumpet, I believe. <laughs> you know, working okay. out of working out of, I think, his in-laws' uh, house at the time. And you just have these like very specific moments uh, of what it is to be that small business owner. And there's, and there's a way for us to get that their story across uh, and create that. I guess you would call it an ad for them, although it really isn't an ad per se. It really is a day in the life. And it gives us a chance to kind of say like, how can we use this space to benefit our customers? And to, again, call back to this more like customer obsessed initiative that we have. I love this idea so much. Thank you. That's such a fun concept. I'd be excited to see like, like how it plays, like what just what the benefit is, you know, like for them and like what you see from it moving forward. It's it's a really fun thing for them too. We send them a, a Zoom recorder and they just kind of spend a couple of days recording themselves uh, and then and send it back in and we edit it. Do you give them like instruct, like like film yourself doing this kind of thing or this kind of thing? Or like, do you give them like pointers or is it just like, just record a day in your life kind of a thing? Uh, Ruth Eddie, who is the producer on that, actually has created the most adorable like little booklet that okay. um, tells them how to like uh, do their Zoom recorder, but also gives them some prompts about what to think about oh, or cool. to respond to. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything else before we leave this topic? Is there anything else you could speak to as like when a concept is sort of floated out there for a podcast? What requirements does it I mean it sounds like you covered it is there any other requirements besides like it speaks to an aspect of the holistic journey our audience goes through our customers go through is there any other thing like it sounds like it's got to come from a unique angle and it has to speak to some emotional aspect of them seeing them holistically and it has to take a part of that journey and explore it from a different angle is there anything else that kind of has to meet on like a more practical side or like Sure. Are there a bunch of like concepts that you're sitting on for the future? Because like, how do you, how do you think about like the filter for what passes? Yeah. I mean, part of that is to think about our partnership as well um, and distribution channels and, um, you know, leveraging those. So if you're thinking about partners, the podcast, then that and our partnership with Radiotopia, which then distributes uh, partners through PRX, we want to make sure that there are enough tentacles out there for this to go out, you know, you know, and what that promotion is going to look like and how our partnerships are going to approach it and kind of get it out into the world. So that's a real practical aspect that we're thinking about. And then, you know, we started also doing a little bit of research with focus groups as well uh, to say like, what, what do they want to hear? Uh, what do audiences want to hear more of, less of? So there's an aspect to that as well. Do the focus groups, like you just sort of ask like, just like what business they're in, what they're currently struggling with, what uh, education needs they have that would help them grow? Is it like sort of those kinds of questions? Exactly. What What are their needs, both practically and emotionally? And, um, and then we also will uh, do some focus groups with some of the audio as well, so that they are interacting with the podcast in that way. 
I love it. Who knew that talking to your audience and asking what they want to hear would be a main driver of successful content? Listen, I think that it's it's huge. And I think about Manoush Zamorati, uh, who is the host of TED Talk. I'm going to mess this up. TED Radio Hour. She has a podcast called Zigzag Project. And I've seen people do this, but I really love the way she does this as a host, the way that she interacts with her audience and is taking them through like this sort of wayfinding uh, journey on Zigzag Project and helping them, instructing them and surveying them and giving them prompts. I, I really love that kind of interaction. And I think that she's onto something there when it comes to the ways that we can have more of a conversation. Yeah. My last question on this topic is, how do you know when a concept, on this whole idea of concepts, how do you know when one should be video or one should be audio? Do they start as a specific, like, do you know from the beginning, uh, this is a video concept? Or is it like, here's an idea, like we did the research, this is a specific need customers have, we want to solve this for them or provide content, then you sort of decide whether it's best served video or audio. Yeah. I mean, again, it kind of depends on like if if this is a concept that we're developing in-house, then we are thinking about some of the possible creators that we could partner with and how they might tell the story. And so in that way, if you're thinking about like All in a Day's Work, which is animated and talks about small business owners and, and working with Siki Song, then that that's kind of a no-brainer. It's like, ah, okay, we could do this concept of... Um, what the day-to-day realities are like in a comedic way, in this animated way, that that's gonna that's gonna land better as a video series, right? As opposed to a podcast and something like Partners, where Rishi is talking to people about, you know, the dynamics of two people making something together. That's gonna land more squarely in the podcast realm because I feel okay. like those conversations are really that kind of vulnerability is gonna be picked up by a microphone. Right. So. Right. So you'll kind of like feel it out, like depending on the concept, you'll like explore it a little bit, but it sort of manifests itself pretty evidently, it sounds like. Yeah. How is MailChimp thinking about success or like ROI of the podcast? Obviously, like I mentioned, like you have a heavy belief in brand. Are there any things that you're sort of held to as far as like metrics or like how do you think of a show? How do you define a show's success? How do you think about ROI of like MailChimp Studios as a whole? Yeah, I mean, we definitely look at how many people came through organic search and they landed on the MailChimp Presents page and how they spent their time on the site overall. And indeed, we do see a strong relationship between their consumption of MailChimp uh, Presents content and visitation of other pages on the site and conversion into customers. Um, But we also have a MailChimp Presents newsletter of almost 2 million subscribers that we use to talk about MailChimp Presents, along with promoting video and film and podcast launches. So our ideas of success are really being able to speak to our customers in a very specific way to talk about these launches and engage them on that level, but also to see, you know, what their behavior is when they come in on, on our site. And this one, and maybe this is probably more unique to MailChimp Presents, but another way that we gauge ROI is how well we can use the platform in a spirit of what I would say is like generosity and support. So I'm thinking about when South by Southwest was canceled at the outside of or the outset of COVID, 
And we saw this opportunity to build on MailChimp's commitment to supporting emerging voices and launch the initiative to pay out all of the South by Southwest shorts filmmakers, and then to premiere their work um, online on our platform. So trying to, oh, to wow. be able to, yeah, to, to show up when we're needed is part of, you know, one of our measures of success. So it's like just having the platform, which allows you to do those sort of um, generous, like those generous acts, like that alone is like something, I mean, it sounds like your MailChimp, you know, just sounds rare in the sense of like just a belief in like basic human values of like, like the ROI is like being able to be generous, being able to bring value to people and that sort of like, I'm sure you're measuring like making sure listeners are enjoying it and things like that. But, but on the whole, it's more human than, than it is tactical. Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, metrics are really important to us, but this idea of creating something for people to enjoy is just as equally important and, and trying to fill a need. And so, you know, when I I think that South by Southwest came about because uh, Sarita had uh, Sarita Alami, who is our programming director saw a tweet where it was like, Oh, South by Southwest might be canceled. And she was like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Can, what can we do here? And, and Mark uh, Christina was like, yeah, of course, like we, we should, uh, try to help out South by Southwest as best we can and try to make sure that these voices are being heard and that, you know, this, all these creators are able to, to be able to show their work. Yeah. It's such an incredible idea. All right. I have two more questions. I, I want to be mindful of your time. So as we wrap up here, um, how are you thinking about integration with other departments or repurposing the content at all? So is there ever a time when the podcast, like any of the content from the podcast will become an article or you'll summarize it via a newsletter or share it on social or something like that? Or even like, you know, the, the PR wing or like communications wing, like wants to get a message out, will they ever like work with MailChimp Presents in that way to sort of do like something combined there? Yeah, sure. Our comms and PR, we work really closely with. And so um, as our projects get a little bit more toward um, completion and we start thinking about launch dates, then everybody starts working on that and, and finding points of intersection. So there may be um, some other projects that are happening across the brand that speak to you know what's being launched on MailChimp Presents. And so uh, we start having those two things point to each other. And then, of course, um, comms and PR is taking those stories out into the world and talking about what we're doing, which is amazing. And we're also doing that with our partners too and syncing up with them so that when we do launch, we're making sure that there are as many tentacles out there as possible, letting people know about it. Awesome. All right. Last question. I asked this to everyone. So I'm just curious to hear your answer. What advice, if a brand is thinking about starting podcasting, say this year, what points of advice would you have for them as they get started? Oh gosh. Um, I, let me think about this. I mean, I, I mean, I hate to keep leaning into the sincerity angle, but I really do think like trying to get to the why of what you're doing and trying to identify what can be useful for the audience is really important because at the end of the day, it may not feel like it initially, but it is a two-way conversation. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome talking to you. And uh, I just really appreciate uh, you being so generous with advice and insights from all that you're doing. 
Yeah, thank you. Have a great one. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. If there's a company you'd like us to interview or a question you want us to answer on the show, just let us know. You can ask us at brandsthatpodcast.com or DM or tag Lemon Pie on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And if you want to reach your audience on podcasts that they're already listening to, be sure to check out lemonpie.fm. Lemon Pie.